Hey everyone, welcome to the Bible Boat Bros podcast. Today is a fun show. We have our friend Tyler Smith on the show. He is a pastor. He is a sports writer. He is a coach. He does a lot of things, but he's also now the author of a book called Searching for Seven. It's helping you just find God seven days a week. Uh, we'll have him on here to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, but just so you know, if you need any links to his uh, sports writing, to his blogs, to his church, to his book, you can find them all in the description. But hey, Tyler, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, and anything you want the two people that listen to this podcast to know. Well, there'll be three because my mom will listen. So okay, perfect, perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm, I'm involved in a lot of different things. I've been in youth ministry for about 15 years, uh, have a wife and two daughters that are uh, three and one, and I'm also a varsity girls basketball coach here in Indiana, and uh, I get to be a sports writer as well for the Pacers and IU basketball for a couple uh, couple different outlets, and then I just wrote this book that I released in June, so a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on, um, but it's all fun, and uh, I feel you know each thing has a purpose, so it's been great. Right off the bat, got a little bit of a bone to pick with you because we're down here in Oklahoma. So, yeah, as a Pacers writer, how happy were you that Oklahoma City Thunder are stupid and just trade away great players to you guys? <laughs> I mean, I I will tell you that at that time of that trade, I was one of the very few people um, that was like, "Hey, this is not a bad return because you know Paul George was going to leave in a year anyway, and you know saying he wanted to leave." You know, you can't typically get a lot in return for that. So I thought that Oladipo and Sabonis was a pretty good little trade. Most people were upset about it. But, um, of course, I have that Oladipo background because he went to IU. So I've, you know, you know, followed him basically his whole college career as well. Um, but, yeah, that was, you know, for, for Oklahoma, it worked out for a year or two, but it really worked out for the Pacers. Yeah, it, it didn't really work out. I mean, it was kind of winter bust, I felt like, when, when you yeah. give up that much assets but the you know the thunder have had a history of just giving up great players in their prime <laughs> so <laughs> just you know continue that little uh little movement there but i think it's the sonic curse or something oh uh, yeah probably so probably so are you excited for basketball starting up i am you know i'm obviously I'm bummed that i can't be there because if they were doing you know if they were at their normal uh stadiums i get to go to all the uh pacer home games but um, will not be making the trip to Florida, but I will be uh, following closely and still writing. And, uh, you know, just to have, you know, some sports back um, is refreshing. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm really into fantasy sports, so I have maybe a little bit of a problem <laughs> with that. But having some kind of normalcy back right now has been has been great. And that's that's one of the things like 2020 has just been insane for sports and and going on with your book. It's it's kind of what what I've been kind of struggling with and wrestling with is, you know, church culture nowadays. We're used to Sunday being the uh, the one day a week that we get things back on track, you know, and uh, go on the rest of our week like normal and then come back to a, a Sunday and do it all over again. And so this has really stretched the church in general on how to do ministry. Our church has been, our, our pastor is very evangelical pastor and he's all about serving the community. So we've been probably working more <laughs> now than we have in the past. Yeah. Uh, just, just serving. We, we're lucky enough to uh, 
get the uh, milk and produce stuff that I guess Trump signed not too long ago that uh, for farmers to instead of dumping their their stuff, they're kind of paying for it and giving it away for free. So we're lucky enough to be doing that every day of the week, giving out milk and produce to our community and and, uh, which is, you know, takes a lot of volunteers. And so your book kind of talks more about that, about being more than just a Sunday Christian. And so tell us a little bit about your book and what kind of inspired you to, to even write on that. Yeah. I had the idea about four or five years ago and I started to write notes. I wanted to compile, you know, the different things that I've taught over the years in ministry, but also my um, writing background. And I started to notice as I started to do all of that, that a lot of what I was saying was fitting into, you know, the same category of, you know, can I look for God? Can I be aware of God? Not just the church, you know, every day of the week, no matter what I'm going through. Um, and so there's, I've, I've been through a lot, you know, the different things I've in, involved in, but share a lot of stories because the type of books that I like to read are ones that are, you know, short chapters that, you know, share stories and share uh, scripture that go with the stories and things like that. So, that's what I was going for. Um, it's 19 chapters, but they're all short. So could even be kind of a daily devotion if you wanted to go that route. Or, uh, you know, we also put questions in the back. So um, small groups or married couples or whoever, if they want to discuss it with somebody, it's in there too. But just this whole idea that I feel like, you know, God definitely pursues us and seeks us. But if we don't seek him as well, then we're not going to live the life that he, you know, has for us. Um, we're not going to impact other people as much as what we're called to. And um, yeah, it's, it's just this idea of being aware and um, looking for him and all things. You're speaking my love language, short chapters. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that's a lot like this podcast. The longer this podcast goes, the less people <laughs> listen. And so we've, we've even for us have realized, you know, shortening it, making it easier to listen to and to dive into Yeah, when it comes to, to living, you know, seeking God seven days a week is you don't have to do it for hours and hours and hours and hours a day you can but even just taking small moments of time to like sit down and reflect and pray and uh, so what are some practices that you do in your personal life that that help you kind of stay in tune with God well I think it's important to know that it's uh you know that's that's something that can look different for every person um so what works for me or you know what makes me feel close to God or hear from him may not be what works for you but I think that that in itself is a key because we all have to be intentional about how we find that, you know, for a long period of my life, I, I didn't really do anything other than go to church. And so I realized later in life that there's a lot of things that I could and should be doing to make me feel close to God and make me hear from him. So um, just some things that I like to do, I make sure that I, I'm, I'm in God's word at least a little bit every day, even if it's a couple of verses or a chapter. Um, I try to uh, listen to at least two or three Christian podcasts every week, try to listen to, you know, Christian music that speaks to me often. And one other practical thing that I like to do is I like to make sure that every single day I try to initiate at least one uh, faith-based conversation with someone. Because, um, you know, sometimes you all have friends that do that, or you maybe you're in a small group or something that, that people do that. But if you are the one that does that, and I'm talking like if you talk to a non-believer, you know, ask them about their, why they, they believe that or, or don't believe certain things, you know, have a conversation. You can share the gospel with them or another Christian, you know, um, as iron sharpens iron, you know, have the, those moments where uh, you just ask them their opinion on something and it turns into a, 
a faith-related conversation, that makes you think of God. That makes you aware of Him. That makes you, uh, you know, learn from other people and their perspectives. So that's a that's one of those practical things that you could do. Whether you're you have a nine-to-five job and kids at home and don't have a lot of time, you can at least, you know, have those conversations every day. That's one one thing I think all of us can do. Yeah, and not just you know it helps other people realize kind of maybe where God is in their life as well because when you're initiating those conversations, it's helping both sides kind of reflect on what God's doing around you. That's true. Yeah. Now to say that full disclosure, I am terrible at that, but uh, <laughs> so, uh, I need a little bit more faith-based conversations in my nine to five ish life. Yeah, you can do it. Not, you know, some people are like, well, I don't work with that many people. You could always, uh, you know, social media or text somebody. Um, you may think it's weird, but if you can, figure out a good way to do it. Um, like, Hey, I'm just curious, uh, your thoughts on this or, Hey, I'm just curious. Um, what, what, what's your thoughts of God? And, uh, if they, they say, I don't want to talk about it, that's fine. But most of the time people are willing to talk about it. My, my church, we're house church focused when it comes to, you know, uh, meeting together in homes and such throughout the week. And then, uh, Sunday is just kind of a corporate, you know, everybody sees each other, but, one of the questions that we ask every day is we read, we read a chapter or whatever, and we talk about it. And then who can you share this story with? And I think that's the hugest challenge for me because it's so easy for me to kind of keep the story to myself and, you know, reflect on myself and how it matters to me. But there's other people around me, a Christian or not, that need that same lesson from God, that same teaching. And it's just hard to do sometimes. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think a lot of these things that, you know, whether it's in the book or just in other conversations, I don't think any of it will ever be like, oh, this is super easy. Um, but that's part of the part of the draw of Christianity. Like, I think it's supposed to be an adventure. You know, like Jesus said, follow me way more than he said, just believe in me. And most of his ministry was out among people. I mean, he would sometimes preach like from a mountaintop or a synagogue, but usually it was, you know, most of what people wrote down about him was him out in public. Uh, there would be, you know, needs arise and he, you know, meets those needs and he, you know, shares the gospel. And so, yeah, well, I think we can, we can learn from that. Awesome. Well, what's your book called? I don't think I actually said that. Yeah, it's called Searching for Seven. Uh, so it's, the, it's that idea of, you know, the journey of, of seeking God uh, seven days a week. And where can you find that? Best place is the book's website. I mean, you can find it on uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, things like that. But um, searchingforseven.com has like the direct uh, links to all those, and you can do an ebook or paperback. Um, but also on the website, you can find ways to connect if you want to um, the the blog or you know social media things like that. Um, love to connect with people. Actually, even put my phone number in the back of the book. I pulled a Bob Goff on that one <laughs> um, just to. Uh, and maybe I'll get some haters for that too. Like, hey, your book's terrible. I'm like, hey, I know I made it because I because I have some haters. Yeah, you have to have some but, haters. We have some one star yeah. reviews for sure <laughs> on our, and they're kind yeah. of funny and justified. <laughs> so, <laughs> so great. Well, I'll put some links in the description, and so it'd be easier to find if you are wanting to to get this book and try to you know apply it to your life. Now back to sports. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So what are you, what do you think the shots of the Pacers are this year, this scenario? Well, we're still trying to learn if they are uh, if everybody's going to play. Like 
speaking of those two guys that you'd mentioned, uh, Sabonis is currently hurt. They're trying to see if they can make it back this season before the playoffs, which would be obviously huge. He's a double-double machine. And then Oladipo, at first, that he wasn't playing in the bubble. Well, he's played all the scrimmages and looked good. So now I think we're waiting on him to say he's going to go ahead and play. So if those guys play, I think they can win a playoff series. I think they can beat a Miami. Um, I don't think they could beat Boston. So they would have to hold on to the five seed uh, over Philly to play Miami. And then I think they could win around. But I think for the Pacers, everything I think is setting up for next season, whenever that is, whether, you know, it starts in December or, who, you know, who knows. But I think having Oladipo 100%, uh, maybe adding another player in free agency, getting Brogdon and Oladipo playing together, I think next year is the year that Indy can make some noise and maybe make a little bit deeper of a run. Do you think there's, with how all these sports, how they're going on right now, do you think there's going to be somewhat of an asterisk? when it comes to who wins the championships? I just feel like it's all um, going to be different. People are op- opting out, and so it's just kind of a weird season, especially the NBA because it was in the middle. Yeah, I think, I mean, at least because, you know, everyone's all about the present time. So, like, right now people will say, asterisk, oh, it's not real. You know, years later we may look back more fondly on, like, hey, you know, everybody had the same rules and it's, it's a legit title. Um, so, I don't know, I, I think – it might depend on who wins. You know, if there's like some random team that's not even predicted to be good, that they just get hot, uh, especially like in baseball, that shortened season, mm-hmm. people may be like, that's not legit because they, you know, they're not a very good team. But if one of the good teams that they thought were going to win ends up winning, then I think it'll be somewhat legit. So when the Thunder win, no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, wishful thinking. If we can just win a playoff series, I'd be. Stoked. Yeah, what are your thoughts on uh, Kevin Durant? You, you like that guy? or It's one of those we thought Russell Westbrook was the one to leave. And so we were all expecting him to go to L.A. So when Durant left, it was just kind of weird. And then it, he's just kind of a baby on, I don't know. I just He always is complaining about something nowadays. It's so weird. Yeah. But, I mean, I, he was a great dude. Like, everybody loved him. I think that's why it hurt so much. It's because everybody just loved the guy. <laughs> so, and we were like yeah. ready to like, we were ready to trade Westbrook away. And then when he left, it was like, Oh crap. <laughs> that's, that changes everything. I, I'm, I'm kind of just because I love the drama of it. You know, the cupcake thing, all that kind of stuff. It was pretty yeah. fun. But now just that guy's been hurt so much. It's just it's hard it's hard to see that because what he could have been and he's not even going to come back this year so I mean, maybe a couple of years till we see him in action again who knows what will happen yeah it's, it's just kind of hurt as a Thunder fan knowing that that team very easily could have beat Golden State and won the title should have uh, yeah you know, like three yeah just... three one lead and then Clay Thompson goes off in Game Six but my thing is did Durant really believe that they couldn't beat them when they were one one win away. I mean, if he just stayed for another year or two, then maybe they get over the hump. But then his entire career would have looked different if he would have won there. Right. Yeah. I think he's pretty easy, or at least back then was a little bit more easily influenced by what people were saying about him. And so there was probably some relief to go to Golden State and Golden State knew that they needed him like to try to keep that run going. So it wasn't as bad as uh, the LeBron James move. I don't think, yeah. but then it was, I guess 
it didn't hurt. It hurt more, I think, just because he went to a freaking awesome team instead of bringing his friends. Like that's just what was kind of weird. Yeah, man, I've seen him play live, and I mean, he was great, and he is great. But yep, um, I wish he would have stayed. <laughs> that's all. Oklahoma's just butthurt about it. It's our only team, so yeah, like, come on. Well, thanks for being on, man. We we might uh, hit you up closer to the playoffs and just check in and see see if you're freaking out or if you're actually having a good season. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't you don't know because with coronavirus, somebody could test positive and it changes everything. So it's just going to be kind of a weird uh, walking on eggshells kind of season, I think, for what could happen for a lot of teams. Yeah, so far so good. I think they were like, if we can just get to the season, they may be in decent shape because obviously after eight games, uh, more teams leave. And then after each round, more teams leave. So it's like less and less people. And um, once they get to the games, I think the guys will be even more on it in terms of, uh, you know, staying in the bubble. And, <laughs> Not leaving the bubble and going and yeah. doing other things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, yeah, that's so funny. So, all right, well, I appreciate you being on, man. Um, uh, the links will be in the description. Check him out. Check out his book. Check out his blogs. Check out everything else you do. And, man, it's nice talking to you. You too. Thanks a lot.